From up in the nosebleeds to down to the 50-yard line, wherever you watch the game, this is the place to sound off. Sports Talk with Jock on 770 CHQR. We are the home of the Calgary Stampeders here at Newstalk 770. And today, Stampeder fans, you know seven members of your team were featured on the West All-Star Team. Center Ucombre Williams. Special teams ace Roy Finch, kicker Rene Paredes. And then on the defensive side of the ball, Charleston Hughes, Micah Johnson, Alex Singleton, and Seontay Evans. One notable missing from this list, not getting a lot of love from the voters, the top punter in the Canadian Football League. At least, hey, if you look at the best net, if you look at the most kicks inside the 10 and the lowest opponent return average, I'm talking about Stampeder kicker Rob Maver, who joins me tonight on Sports Talk with Jock. Hey, Rob, how you doing? I'm all. How you doing? I'm excellent. Not feeling a lot of love from the voters, I guess, though. Yeah, uh, just to clarify, when I went on that little little Twitter tirade, uh, I understand that that could come off to some as I'm just kind of sitting in the corner kicking my heels. <laughs> and that's that's not the case. I'm just trying to show how the voters evaluate the position or how they value the punting position isn't necessarily reflective of uh, the stats that are the most efficient and proficient punting. Well, and, and, and we're going to get into that a little bit, Rob, because I, I think it was funny, and I'm not sure who sent the tweet out, but one, one, one person replying to your tweet basically said, last time I checked it was called punting, not who can kick it the furthest. And, of course, Ty Long did get the West Division All-Star nod. And, yes, Ty, I guess, has the sexy numbers because he does kick it the furthest. But that's not always what you're asked to do as a punter, is it, Rob? Well, no, and it depends on what your definition of sexy numbers is because right now, (laughs) if you go on the CFL website and if you don't look on the detailed stat sheet, they sort the punters by gross average and singles. And I would deem those to be two of the least important statistics when you're grading a punter. Uh, Obviously, those fall behind net punt, opponent return, and inside the 10. Mm -hmm. Another thing that I've been lobbying the CFL for for a few years now, actually, is for them to post an adjusted punting statistic. So say if you hit a single, you get 20 yards on it, and you have a, a five-punt game, you get four yards per punt on your average that game. So a 44-yard game turns into a 48-yard game. And then that is the metric that they are voting on. It would appear based on the outcome of the vote. So I'm just trying to expose the fact that punting is so much more than just kicking the ball as far as you can. I wouldn't want to call it an art per se, but there, it's a task on the football field that cannot be evaluated just by a raw gross number. Are you getting any uh, feedback with your suggestions to the league on these, uh, on these new stats? Yeah, I've had some great talks with Steve Daniel about it. He does a phenomenal job, and he is in the process of coming up with an adjusted punting stat, and okay. he wants to... Uh, I don't know how much I can say, but he has a couple things in the works that are exciting that I would be very appreciative to see in the stat sheet next year. So, so what numbers are you most proud of this year? Is is it your your net? Is it the kicks inside the ten, the coffin corner kicks? Is it the lowest uh, you know opponent return average? Is there one that, that you're more proud of, Rob? Uh, it would have been net pun. We were leading by a considerable margin until Christian Jones came to town. That. Uh, He's a really good returner, but I don't like him too much right now. <laughs> uh, so we wound up finishing first in the West Division, second in the CFL, first in every other category that we mentioned. 
Well, probably opponent yard per return, because when you look at special teams, I don't want to give away too much strategy, but you don't want to give the team uh, anything you get excited over. You don't want to give the other team momentum. So the less that you can do that in the cover game, the better. And that's what I'm proud of. Mm-hmm. Inside the 10, uh, that's always been something that I've hung my hat on too. And if you'd also look at inside the 20 this year, those numbers would be really high as well because depending on the situation of the game, I wouldn't always go for inside the 10. I would, I would play the safe club and you know choke up mm-hmm. a bit and hit one that's a little bit closer just to make sure that we didn't put the ball in the end zone. Well, anybody that follows the game closely, and hey, we've got a lot of you know hardcore Stampeder fans listening to this program. Hey, you know, we, we had a pretty good punter in Burke Dales. He had the big leg, but you know, he wasn't great at directional punting, and it was see you later, Burke. And 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 you you come in and you're asked by you know obviously Mark Killam, you've got to you've got to kick to a spot, right? Yeah, I mean that's just that's the way it always is, right? You know to the numbers across the field. They asked me to do a handful of different things, and that's one of the things that I pride myself on. Uh, if I was just asked to kick the ball as far as I could, I could average 50 yards easily, but that's not how the game is played anymore. Uh, true enough, and, and obviously it shouldn't be played that way as, as well. Who, who's the scariest returner out there right now, in your opinion? Probably right guy, here in Calgary. In yeah, I was going to say I should have taken I should have taken Roy Finch out of the equation, uh, out of the guys that you face. You know, I respect them all equally, and that might sound a little bit crazy, but you could go all the way across the league. Montreal, Steph Logan, he's been doing it forever because he's so good at it, and he gets vertical right away. Uh, uh, what's the kid's name in Hamilton? Uh, Willie. Um, well, it's not Brandon Banks, obviously. No, no he's, used to he's be Brandon Banks, stuff. yes. But um, the kid that they had, uh, the OSU kid who was doing it recently, but he looks great. Uh, Martise Jackson, awesome. Uh, Deontay Spencer ran one back on us, unfortunately, and just had that game where he had 4,000 yards. <laughs> you know, every single returner in the league is good, but the concept, the principles of kicking the football don't change. And that if I do my job, that makes other guys better and that makes the returner's life more difficult so every single week the fundamentals don't change the cover guys need to be mindful of the returner that they're playing though how they want to attack you if it's vertically or horizontally what their favorite move is but it doesn't change because they're all so good right now every returner has a guy even jamel smith i was shocked that he didn't have a job until recently because he's a guy that i respect tremendously as well well, true enough. And, and and we did learn some new terminology. I think Martise Jackson, is that who you're talking about? Uh, the kid in Toronto, yeah. He's, yeah, he's, he's, uh, yeah, yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, he's, he's awesome, too. Um, th- we learned a new term this year, and that was alley bomb. And, and, and <laughs> you know, hey. Who, who taught you guys that one? Well, you know, we actually, we, who did we hear it from? We heard it from, uh, was it Roy Finch or was it Mark? I can't remember who told us about it. But, uh, okay. so that, as long as it wasn't me. <laughs> no, <laughs> no it, wasn't, it wasn't you, but we heard the term alley bomb. Uh, for our listeners, maybe just uh, tell us what an alley bomb is. Uh, that's a kick that goes uh, far down the field, uh, straight down the hash or the middle. Basically, a basically a, a long kick, a big kick that is not placed. And if you're if you're are, a returner, you love the alley bomb. Yes, yes, that's something that you want because you have time to see, you have time to set it up, and a lot of space is created. Because when you look at the rules in the Canadian game now, uh, with regard to punting, you can't kick the ball out of bounds. Uh, there's the halo rule, both the 5 and the 15, mm-hmm. ball on the ground, ball in the air, and then you can't leave until the ball's been kicked. So covering a kick in this league is a fool's errand at best. So we have to do everything that we can to 
uh, give the returners less opportunity. Uh, Rob Maver, a special guest here on Sports Talk with Jock. Uh, Dave Rowe just told me it was uh, it was Dickinson, Dave Dickinson, that first told us about the alley bombs. <laughs> So there Perfect. you go. Okay. Get, well, get, well, get if, he it, if, if he said it, we can talk about it. <laughs> if he oh. said it, we can talk about it. And 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 hey, let's be honest here. Uh, two of your teammates did get uh, you know some all star recognition today, and that of course is Roy Finch and, and Renee Paredes. Uh, Renee Paredes had another outstanding season. Uh, the one guy that gets no love though is uh, is obviously the the long snapper. You know, you used to have mm-hmm. one of the best in Randy Chevrier. Now you have PL Caron. There should be an award for the best long snapper in the league. I think. I agree. Chad Rempel is tweeting about that today, and they're a vital man in the kicking game. It all starts with the snap, and we're only as good as our snappers. So uh, I feel strongly that is a position that should be recognized by the league, although the voters don't necessarily, uh, you know, judging football can be very subjective at best. and providing them a metric or an opportunity to vote on snappers would be pretty ambiguous because not a lot of people would really know what they're looking at. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, that's very, very fair. Um, let me ask you this question. The weather has turned. It's gotten a little nastier. Uh, how does that affect the ball? Because, you know, I, I'm just guessing that ball is, is not quite as soft and, uh, you know, obviously it can be a little more of a rock. Does it affect the kicking game when the weather changes like this, Rob? Very much so. I'm sitting on my couch right now, and there are two deflated footballs from Friday's game. And I just found out from Gio, our equipment guy, that my dog loves to chew on them. (laughs) So he's got ample supply of chew toys for the winter. It turns the ball into a brick. Really? So under normal conditions, when the ball isn't freezing, the ball rebounds off your foot. So it kind of, like I don't want to say elastic because that implies stretching, but it will react off your foot. And the less that the ball can compress off your foot, the tougher it is to get distance, et cetera, hang time, all that good stuff. Is it, is so, it tougher to kick in, in, in cold weather or is it tougher to kick a wet football? Oh, my goodness. I mean, you've you got to pick your poison. I'd say actually striking the football in the wet isn't a big deal because we most of the time play on artificial surfaces. Handling a wet football is very tough just because you go to spin it or catch the snap, and that aspect of it becomes more challenging. Uh, at the end of the day, I would prefer to play in non-freezing dry conditions. <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't that be the ideal situation? Hey, let's talk, let's talk a little bit about your, your other teammates. We talked about Roy Finch and Renee, for, uh, Renee Paredes uh, getting some, mm-hmm. some all-star recognition. Uh, defensively, hey, this team has been owning it and rocking it on defense all season long. Uh, Charleston Hughes, Micah Johnson, Alex Singleton, and Siante Evans, they get the nod on the defensive side of the ball. Who are we, who are we missing on that, on that side of the ball? Tommy Campbell. Tommy Campbell. I don't think he gave up a touchdown this year. Yeah, good point. And I think in the nine games, he tweeted it out, but I was thinking that you put him on somebody, they're not a factor in the game. It doesn't matter who it is. And when a defense has the ability to just eliminate the other team's best receiver, that opens other things up. And Tommy gives us the ability to do that. So the fact that he wasn't recognized is... uh, I don't want to call the voters again, but I feel that Tommy would have been a very deserving candidate. Uh, But we obviously respect him uh, very much. Mm -hmm. No, I I think that's Um, that's a great point. I think Shaq Richardson has done an awesome job at Sam Forrest this year. I think you look at Brandon Smith. um, He's just been such an underrated player his whole career. Uh, All the players are good, though. You know, I mean, Jamar Wall, I mean, he's great at what he does. 
it's so tough because you have guys who deserve to be all-stars that aren't voted all-stars. You have guys that got all-star that might not have had the year that other guys have, but they didn't get recognized in the past when they should. So, you know, the longer that you just sit on this all-star thing, you just kind of go, eh, it is what it is, and you just focus on what's important, and that's the West Final on the 19th. Yeah, true enough. Does it cost you in the pocketbook, though? Do you, did you have a clause in your contract for a little bit of uh, bonus money? Uh, it doesn't cost me any money because I don't have to spend anything, but it uh, <laughs> it, it negates an earning opportunity. <laughs> Fair enough. Offensively, only Ucombre Williams. I, I don't think that's a huge surprise. I'm not sure we've seen uh, the the top offense for the Calgary Stampeders. Hopefully, that'll show up on on uh, the 19th. Yeah, I mean, it's we want to. Every side of the ball wants to play their best football these next two games, right? Um, I mean, I'm biased, but I think Bo is the best quarterback in the league, and you know, we he'd never lost uh, back-to-back games in his career. So when a quarterback is handing off the ball in the second half instead of throwing, you can't really fault him for throwing or for not throwing for as many yards as somebody else. Uh, Jerome had an incredible year. Um, receivers kind of moved around a lot. Uh, a guy that I think was going to shatter uh, a lot of stats would have been Kamar Jordan. Uh, he was leading the league when he got hurt week five or six whatever that was. I don't recall. It's been a long year. Um, but, I mean, yeah, we're, we're just focused on the West Final. They're all all-star caliber football players. There was just some guys that were moving around, and some guys didn't play as much football as they would have liked to this year. Hey, by the way, you're getting lots of love on on our text line. You know, uh, Connie weighs in says, those in the know that understand what a good punter is, Rob got robbed. Uh, John says, how do the Bombers get, uh, you know, have the worst pass defense in the league and have three starters on, on the on, in the secondary? It's a great question, John. Anyway, we uh, we won't go down that path. Uh, Rob, before Tell I let to follow Derek Taylor on Twitter. <laughs> Derek Taylor on Twitter. That's the yeah. guy to follow. Okay, good stuff. Hey, before I let you go, we have two semifinal games going on this weekend. Edmonton, Winnipeg. Here's my thoughts. If, if Matt Nichols can't go for Winnipeg, and, and he's, he's questionable, he didn't take any reps in practice today, I think the, I think the Bombers are in trouble. Yeah, the, he's been a huge part of the turnaround of that team ever mm-hmm. since they, he took over. That's when they started winning games consistently. And, I mean, as a starting quarterback in the playoffs, though, that's when you need your starting quarterback. It doesn't matter who your backup is. Yep. So, obviously, if he's not able to play or play at a high level due to his injury, that's going to hurt them and bode well for Edmonton. Do you think I think Saskatchewan's in tough. No Brandon Labatt. I don't think they can go into Ottawa and beat Trevor Harris and then beat Ricky Ray. So I, I don't think the Saskatchewans are going to be, uh, the, the Ryder Nation is going to be in the Great Cup final. I don't want to get you into trouble, but do you agree or disagree? I totally agree with that. I, I'll <laughs> actually come up, I'll totally come on and say that. Uh, crossing over, over is tough. It doesn't matter if they were head and shoulders better than those teams that they were playing. Uh, but even then, you got to look at how Ricky Ray's playing right now in Toronto. And Toronto against BC, you know, I know they were playing BC and, you know, they weren't necessarily playing for a playoff spot, but they looked incredible at BC Place a few nights ago. Mm-hmm. And I definitely took note of that. Hey, we're out of time. Who's arranging the team party on Sunday to watch the uh, the semifinal? I'm not sure yet. Oh, you know, I'm going to okay. be going to the Dinos game and then I'll hit up some of the guys and see what's going on. But we're back at the f- uh, facility tomorrow, so 
I'm pretty sure somebody's going to put something together for us. I'm sure they will. Rob, thanks so much for your time tonight. I really appreciate you uh, explaining a little bit of, of punting to us. A little, little, little lesson for us here tonight on Sports Talk. You have a good night. Hey, anytime, fellas. Appreciate the platform. All right, you betcha. Rob Maver, your punter for the Calgary Stampeders, who did not get an all-star nod today, uh, but hey, he's an all-star in our books. So let's take a quick time out. This is the home of the Calgary Stampeders. This is News Talk 770.